Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. And Stacey, I, I understand that you are um, hanging around the craps tables in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, um, if I was, I don't know if I'd be making any money there. I'm not very good at gambling. But yeah, I am in Las Vegas, not hanging so much around the craps tables that I am in, enjoying myself. It is beautiful weather here this week. And I'm here at the Unleash Conference. Um, in Las Vegas that took place this week um, and um, and enjoying myself. It was a good week and a, and a good event. Um, uh, so we're, you know, about 20, probably 2,000, 2,400 total people sort of attended. It was a smaller event, but it was an event that had some really good content. Um, so I was speaking on data trade wars, which was a recommendation from you, John, when I was asking about what topics we thought would be interesting, and it filled Ooh. the room, so thank you. <laughs> data trade wars. Tell me about that. Tell yes. me, what did you talk about? Well, well, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, everybody's talking about GDPR, you know, as we have been as well, and all of the, the data privacy and the data regulation um, around that. But there's also a lot of data localization uh, regulations as well. And so what I was sort of walking through is what is HR's role in the mix between data privacy and data localization? Because, uh, you know, there are some real challenges. Sometimes when people are trying to deal with data localization, they actually make their environments less data privacy um, prepared. And so there's, they're stuck in the middle a little bit. Um, and so we're starting to see a lot of organizations depend on their vendors to support that. Um, and they're also trying to figure out what their role in HR is. And, and this is a new HR technology role, which is someone who understands all the regulations, um, works with the vendors on what their approach is, um, uh, governs the process across the organization. Um, so so it, was a, it was a good good conversation. We had a lot of questions about it. So. Yeah. Fantastic. So what's what's happening? I think you're saying what's happening is that security is becoming um, a, a part of HR on both a technical and a human level. That's 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 yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And and what was really interesting in the in the you know the people who sort of came up afterwards is that you know I sort of wrapped up by saying you know you're not behind if you haven't started thinking about this. There's a lot of people who aren't thinking about it because I have a stat that showed what percentage were actually ready for GDPR and, and, and what percentage were, um, you know, actually had someone managing this within their organization and they were fairly small still. Um, and what, you know, and someone came up to me afterwards and she goes, thank you so much. I stepped, I feel like I'm so behind. And she's like, please send me your text. So, so I think people, are feeling behind and and be but everybody's behind right so so um, everyone's trying to catch up on this front. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's a way, given given the the experience people have had with tech panics in the past, I wonder if there's a way of telling people that that a big change is coming and you need to do it. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it would have been hard to figure out that GDPR was a big deal. Uh, but yeah. for some reason, that message didn't get through. I wonder why that is. Well, you know, we've been talking a long time, but I think, you know, when you, we, it's not like the companies didn't know it was important, but they keep pushing it down, pushing it down. And by the time it gets on the plate of the person who probably has to do something about it um, with all the other priorities, then you're sort of, you pick your head up and you go, oh, crap, you know, this is due because there's a regulation coming out. So, yeah, I, I think it's a matter of organizational structure in some cases. Well, uh, you, you know, so 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 what you're saying that's that I think is really interesting is that um, 
there's a really big difference between an enterprise kind of company and a small to medium sized kind of company. And, and, and with something like this, where the bulk of the work belongs to people who are in enterprise companies, the fact that enterprise companies are slow to adapt to changing environments, um, really, really runs the risk of hurting people. So, so it may be that everybody's behind, but the enforcement is going to start in another 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. and, and, and then, slow and steady yeah. doesn't win that race. It doesn't, it doesn't, no. But, but you know, I think, I think the consumer side of this, you know, we've had a lot of conversations with organizations on the consumer side, and they've been, they've been doing, working hard to prepare for that. And the HR side is the one that might get caught off guard a little bit, depending on how you look at your HR technology. But, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think, you know, we should almost have like a special session when we, you know, when that day comes around to see, you know, how many lawsuits get filed, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll um, be about the 1st of July before, before the lawsuits exactly. start hitting. But, but, yeah. but I imagine, I imagine there'll be some very sizable fines in the summertime. And that's where you'll start to see, I assume that's what trade wars meant that, that, um, yeah. that, that, when the fines start being applied, there will be a national response to it. There'll be there'll be a national response to it, and and every company is going to have to figure out sort of what their stance on it is, right? Um, and and the 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 challenge is is that to to be as as good at data privacy as you are um, in everything else in your organization might mean that you are struggling to keep up with the data localization requirements as well right and i think that's the big piece that that the data trade words to me is yes it, it, it is about sort of who gets fined and who who could be the big you know winners and losers in this but i think it's also the fact that regional requirements and data privacy requirements might come in basically you know might be you know complicating each other um and that's a challenge so i think an, an interesting thing if you if you're listening to the show i would recommend that you install an ad blocker on your primary web browser. One of the things that that has been a massive surprise to me is just how aggressively my consumption of information online is being tracked. And a an ad blocker gives you a sense of of how big it is. There are websites that have 30 trackers on them. And once once they have your data and they can correlate you with your email, there's this complex um, um, picture of you. And one of the things that's starting to happen that I that I'm learning about in my research for the next report is that that data, that behavioral online data, is being blended with. Uh, resume and other social media data into a single individual job seeker or candidate profile, um, and and there's no way of knowing what's inside of the algorithm, right? And so so I'm seeing demos of tools that blend um, detailed behavioral data. Uh, like like when you're on a website, where do you go and what do you do? If you're on, uh, say, Glassdoor, where do you go and what do you do? Tells a lot about, we're going to talk about this in, with the higher view piece, um, tells a lot about 
who you are, and that information is being used to um, screen you in or out of a job. Mm-hmm. That's profile that, management, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's profile management with information in the profile that you can't understand, you can't correct, and the, and the company that's using it to qualify you can't understand and can't correct. Yeah, there was a lot of conversation this week on the um, artificial intelligence front um, at this event about sort of being able to get inside of the algorithms and and who understands each of the algorithms. And um, most of the startups who kept mentioning AI, you would ask them about changing their algorithm. They would look at you with this look like, what, you know? and the the you know the larger companies. I had some great conversations with um, Infor this week. You know they're they're trying to sort of get the word out about what they're doing with their new cloud technology. Um, I also talked with Equifax, who has um, really redone some great work in their 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 new security areas in response to their own security breach. Um, and and those are organizations right now that are at least from what you can see, you know, these very large organizations. I had a lot of time with Workday this week, and I had a lot of time with them, um, um, uh, you know, Cornerstone, and all of them from an AI perspective are talking about you know their algorithms, but to some extent how they can manage the biases, how they can manage the concerns people have about them. That seems to be the big conversation. How can you manage the concerns people have? So the message is getting out, John. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic, and I think I think it's really interesting that Equifax is is leaning right into the 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 uh, breach and saying what we learned as the result of the breach is how to be a better security company. That's that's yeah. that's I, I, that's actually pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, and 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 you know, and uh, Pam, who I spoke with, his very relations. You know, um, we had a great conversation about the fact that you know, they want to share what they've learned. And I was like, you know, I think the best way sometimes to to be able to sort of um, help the rest of the market is to, is to is to give a sense of, you know, lessons learned. And uh, I think they've got some great lessons learned now. So yeah, so I think we'll hear a lot more from them that coming week. So. Fantastic. So what's, what else is in the mailbag real quickly? Well, it's a busy, busy week. Um, so um, LinkedIn rolled out a one-click apply, how you match feature for job seekers. I, I mean, they, they, you've been able to basically uh, select a job at LinkedIn for a long time, but this, I guess, is, is newer because now it, it's sort of an automatic match. It tells you what jobs and how closely qualified you are for various jobs. So that's interesting. Um, as you mentioned already, HireVue acquired a company called Mindex to create the HR industry's, as they call it, most robust AI-based assessment suite. Um, so well, I'll, I'll let you weigh in on that, John, if it's the most robust. Um, Parsable, I think that's an appropriate way to say it. I'm not sure. But Parsable secured $40 million in investments. Um, they are an organization that does uh, talent management, HR, you know, scheduling, those type of things um, for industrial workers, workers who are on the front lines. Um, and so I think there's some interesting stuff going on there in that space. We're starting to see more conversations about um, the job environments that generally didn't get as much attention in the talent management space. Um, we also have that Oracle acquired machine learning platform datascience.com. Um, that's more of a sort of a platform play probably, but I think it's interesting to see that we're that you know more of these tool sets are being purchased with the idea of expanding the ability to be able to do um, analytics um, and 
uh, expand the environments that organizations are working in. Um, and then if we have a little bit of time, there's also a dial pad. Most people probably don't follow them, but they acquired an organization called Talk IQ um, that transcribes conference calls. So dial pad is sort of, you know, a, a conference management tool, and they've, they've got a new tool that um, transcribes conference calls. This was very interesting to me because I think one of the things we hear all the time is that the meetings are one of the areas where the least amount of work gets done. And there's great, some, some interesting services here about sort of taking action items and meeting notes and all that stuff for you. Um, uh, and then finally, Qualtrics announced a strategic partnership with IBM. Um, this is probably more interesting than most people would um, note because it is replacing what was Connexa's old employee engagement technology uh, for IBM Connexa clients. So there's a the real uh, thing here for people in the HR tech space if they're using that. So yeah, it's, it's a busy week, John. So, so where do you want to start with LinkedIn? Well, sure, sure. You know, the other day I was I was scooching through LinkedIn, and it recommended a couple of jobs for me. And it was the first time I've been looking at job recommendation systems for 25 years. <laughs> and it was the first time <laughs> any system ever recommended anything that I was interested in. Um, and, 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 and it was pretty clever. They were not things that I would have considered, but when I looked at the recommendations, what I saw was that they, they had a clear picture of who I was, how I fit into the world and what might be an interesting thing for me to think about doing. I, and, and that experience that the job match is actually right. I don't think anybody's ever been able to deliver on that. I have I have no idea um, um, what this has to do with one click apply, um, <laughs> but 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 the magic is not one click apply. The magic is um, actually relevant returns in your profile when you go to it that say, oh, you know what? Over for me, they were they were they were nonprofit directors in big, interesting social justice areas in my neighborhood, right? And um, I, I went, oh, yeah, I'd like that job. Oh, yeah, yeah I could see doing that. Um, and, and, and I think that's the problem that most people who are not entry level have when they look, when they look and think about work is, is finding something that's actually relevant to the stuff that they know. It's easy to match starting workers because – Everything matches. <laughs> yeah, still pretty, are pretty direct, yeah. But when you've got a, a a huge, you know, complex background and and various areas of skill sets and 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 jobs you've done, you don't just want the same job you had. You want something new and interesting. So how do you take what is the next step, right? That's the match that's interesting. And um, I'm I might have to go take a look at LinkedIn because yeah. I haven't seen. I mean, because you're that looking for work. Let's let everybody know. No. <laughs> No, no, just to see how good, how close it comes, right? Because then that's what you're always thinking. How close can I really come to who I am? Um, you know, the, the thing that they mention in here, which I think is this, the one-click part of this is that I think they're going to push forward more of these than they have previously for, candidate, for, for people who are on LinkedIn. So, again, making LinkedIn a, a, a little bit more of a destination place than it has been previously. But what, what I'm wondering is that with that amount of pushing forward, how much more 
increase will they get in people applying for jobs? And, you know, could this overwhelm some of the recruiting processes? Um, but they said they're also going to plan on it. It's, it's not there yet, but within the next few months, they're also going to have the how you match, how much your your people match on the recruiter side. Now, they it doesn't sound like they've had that, and that's one of the big things you see in a lot of these AI tool sets that, that you're probably assessing right now, John, is this matching capability, right, with people and these job qualifications. It'll be interesting to see if LinkedIn's doing this, how much this will compete with some of the small companies that are doing this on the side already. Well, yeah, my God, talk about an ethical snake pit. Um, the 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 automated screening stuff. I I have yet to meet a vendor who can do a couple of things. So so what you'd want to see in an automated screening tool was that the results were repeatable. Right. If you put a thousand resumes in, you get the same fifty outranked in the same fifty order two times in a row, spaced out five minutes apart. And nobody can promise that, um, which means that which That's means scary. that the matching the problem with a matching system that continuously learns is that you can't predict the quality of the output. Yeah. Yeah. You can't predict the quality of the output because it's always getting better is one way of saying it, um, and the other way of saying it is it can't produce the same result set twice, and if you're trying to audit this stuff in process for its freedom from bias. If it can't produce the same output twice, I don't know how you can make a claim about freedom from bias. Um, well, um, and, and, and so that's, that's the next hurdle in all of this stuff. And LinkedIn will be right square in the middle of that. They, they definitely will. And it was, it was on the tip of tongues of almost all the vendors that I spoke with this week, this conversation, right? I mean, how, how we also have HireVue acquiring Mindex, which is another, as they say, robust AI-based talent assessment suite, right? Um, now, this is more of a game-based assessment. Um, you know, does that make it any better if there's, you know, a requirement to sort of go through sort of more of an assessment versus just a match me up on whatever I put in LinkedIn type of a model, right? So, so um, I, saw, you know, I saw a company this week called Tradeify, and Tradeify can get you through a basic um, um, high-end IO personality and skills assessment in two minutes by having you look at pictures and just choosing between pictures. The, the thing that's going on in the assessment space is everybody is trying to figure out how to get the hyper-valuable assessment data into the hands of companies, and the biggest problem with that is that a paper-based tool takes an hour to complete, and the yeah. drop-off rates are extraordinary. Nobody wants to do an hour-long personality test, but a game of a gamified version is um, something that's more like a ton of small venture finance companies who are doing gamification of assessment. And this, this sort of shows that HireVue, who are in some ways the industry leader in interfaces to assessment data that are non-traditional, they figured out how to use video interviews to get to assessment data. This, this actually shows that this leader was behind and had to do some catch-up by adding game, gamified assessments to their portfolio. And it also shows that HireVue is on a trajectory away from video interviewing 
and towards assessment um, in in its um, evolution. So it's a it's a um, it's an interesting move, um, and it shows you how fast you can fall out of first place in the horse race right now. Yeah, and and they've been sort of talking about getting away from the the just the interviewing for a while. They've added so many. They've added a lot of other features around it. So this, this isn't surprising, but. I think you're right. Sort of this idea of assessment with games is something we are seeing in a lot of corners. I mean, it was I, at the startup show here where I probably you know tried four, five, you know, uh, recruiting vendors who had the word game somewhere in their description, right? So, right. Yeah. Right. That's that's really interesting. So next on the list is Parsable, who's doing talent management for light industrial workers. 40 million bucks yeah. in funding for a talent management tool that um, um, serves the light industrial market. So the kinds of people that uh, Manpower and the Deco or Randstad hire in their in their downtown offices. Yeah, and this is actually, you know, this is their uh, CE series, so this isn't the first time they've gotten cash. They have total investments of nearly 70 million. Um, they are an organization that goes primarily mobile, right, with the idea that they're working with people who are on the front desk uh, or front of the, the work environment. Um, and, and you know, I haven't, you know, met with them previously or, or briefed on their product, but, but what sort of caught my eye was that, you know, they're, they're really thinking about an audience that oftentimes is a, um, an afterthought to most existing talent management and even to some extent, um, employee, um, you know, self-service tools, which is the idea that most of them sort of, although they all say mobile first, but but the idea is mobile first with people who are have time, right, and who aren't working around big machines and who aren't who don't have to like drive, you know, forklifts and you know, uh, manage multiple headsets, you know, as a lot of these environments are. Um, the biggest thing that this this audience generally really requires is a very very simple interface that's very very quick and and gets them to what they need as quick as possible in a way that doesn't distract them from the work that they're doing because their work can sometimes be very dangerous in many cases as well. Um, and so so yeah so I you know I think they're they're taking a different approach to the design it looks like and um, um, the, as they you know are, are commenting that they are. Um, tying into some of the Internet of Things as well. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, and so it'll be a thing to watch, obviously. Yeah, that's cool. I, I just talked to a company called Joyous yesterday who are doing the sort of engagement pulse survey um, active listening tool that would complement something like this. There's a lot of attention in the in the hourly and light industrial world, because that's where most people work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. These are big, big, big audiences right now. Yeah. So, it's, so, so I'm sure we'll hear a lot more. Um, so the Oracle, you know, that now flipping to the you know, sort of the other side of this picture is the is the, the company that is the the companies that are sort of sweeping up all the little guys. Oracle acquired machine learning platform datascience.com. Um, basically, this was a privately held cloud workspace platform for data science projects and workloads. Um, they did not give any financial terms of the deal, um, but I thought it was sort of interesting because we're just seeing these big vendors that are sort of competing for not just 
application sort of ownership, but the platform ownership, right? Um, and at the heart of it isn't just how much space or how flexible the platform is, but how much analytics you can do on that platform. Does this is this something you think you know HR is going to have to start paying attention to? Is, is are these bigger platform conversations, um, John? Even though they're in cloud technology. Well, I think I think that every HR um, department, every HR department from say a thousand employees up, is going to have to make a choice at some level about which of the clouds their their operation lives in right there's there's the amazon cloud and, and if you use workday you get the amazon cloud um, um there's the microsoft cloud there's the google cloud there's the oracle cloud and you know the lumbering machine that is sap will eventually get to having their own environment and what's inside of those environments what's interesting about this particular acquisition is that it outfits with development tools, right? And and so the thing about the thing about the cloud business. So so all of these vendors who have cloud businesses are selling processing and storage, and they're selling it in huge volumes. And to have customers for processing and storage, you have to set up systems so that they can actually use the processing and storage. And so this is this is kind of a catch-up move for Oracle to compete directly with the other cloud providers um, in terms of configurable and configured tools um, for, for the various AI functions that are going on inside of the system. So it's a, it's a kind of a predictable move, but it really cements the idea that the long-term decision for every HR department is going to involve making sense out of which of the cloud platforms you center your operations in. Yeah, and and the, and I think the the conversation will be: Is this uh, uh, a decision that's just IT? Is it enterprise wide? Is it HR or business function? Again, it depends a lot on how they set up their environments. But you're right. Yeah, this is a this is a space where sort of I think they're everybody's being wooed to to the platforms and. Part of the reason I think everybody wants to own the platform is because at some level, then they'll own the data, right? That, you know, in a way in which they can aggregate it anonymously, but they'll have access to all the data. And that's the, the big win I think everybody's looking for. Well, well but if, if you're an HR department, if you're an HR department and you, you are considering using some small recruiting vendor who's got an interesting um matching functionality that you want to incorporate into your tool set if that thing is built on a different cloud than the one that you use then your data isn't seamlessly available for your other applications right and so and so so being hosted in the same environment allows analytics and being hosted in different environments inhibits analytics <laughs> Yeah, but doesn't that sort of contradict what the 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 idea of what we said the cloud would be, right? That you would never be restricted again to a specific platform. Are, are we not sort of changing the uh, the rules on people? <laughs> I don't know who we is, but 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 um, <laughs> but 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 of course um, there's a benefit from being more tightly coupled with the 
uh, processing and storage framework of your provider. And and the alternative is you can be free of that, but but the alternative is that you have to you build your own API and build your own infrastructure inside of some cloud that has import and export functions for all the rest of the data. And and that takes it away from being an HR function and insists that it's an IT function. And and, and that additional expense, I don't I don't see companies forking over that additional money. Very good point. Yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 definitely platform conversations are coming up more and more, and we're you know we're getting some more details in the survey this year, the annual system survey, um, uh, about what platform conversations organizations are having, um, and and it is surprising people are are. Uh, making decisions based off these platform conversations. So this, I don't think this is something that's uh, down the road. I think you're right. These are things people have to start paying attention to now. So, right now. Um, so, so let me yeah. let me let me sort of hijack the end of the conversation here, yep. um, as as we're about to run out of time, and and take a moment to talk about the masterclass that Gene and Killy and I are offering in at at Princeton. On the 29th of June, it's a it's a course designed to be an orientation and immersion in the HR technology market. So if you're a, a startup or a new product manager or just getting your feet wet in marketing in the industry, what you're about to discover about the industry is that it doesn't work like other industries. And this class is designed to give you some running start on productivity um, as you learn to find your way around the business. And so so you can find out more about that on the HR Examiner website. It's not hard to miss on the HR Examiner website. And it is for those who are just getting started in this industry, it is a wealth of knowledge in a single location. You will not find two people who know more. And this is not just because I like John because he's your friend. But honestly, Gina Kelly is amazing. And, and uh, so is the amount of information that John can share with you. So. I'll just give it my two thumbs up, John. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. And so yeah. so thanks again for doing this, Stacey. That was a little commercial there. We don't always have little commercials. Um, um, and um, are you still accepting um, input to the survey? We are. The survey is going through June 8th. So if anybody is out there and is interested in getting their own little mini benchmark and participating in the survey with the other thousands of people who participate because everybody likes to to help us help you conversation with sharing the data um the annual sierra cedar hr system survey is out and about find a link if you need one and can't find one just call me linkedin to me or tweet with uh that you need one and i'll make sure you get one so yes very excited we're, we'll be closing it on the 8th though this year aaron is adamant it will close on time this year <laughs> <laughs> that's great so. it's about time um yeah. And so, so, so as usual, great conversation, and thanks for doing this, Stacey. It's it's always a wonderful chance to catch up on what's going on in the industry. Yeah, definitely, always a good time. So, thanks, everyone. Yep, thanks for listening in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Really appreciate you tuning in, and see you here next week. Bye bye now. Bye.